Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church, building faith and friendship. Well, today we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 1 and verses 5 to 25, which speaks about the birth of, or foretells about the birth of John the Baptist. But before we do that, we first going to have a look at the book of Malachi. I know when you woke up this morning, you were wondering about the book of Malachi. So I thought we'd have a look at that first. Uh, the book of Malachi is the last book in our Old Testament. It was written about 400 years before the birth of Jesus. And we read in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 1. Uh, and this is God speaking. He says, see... I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. So God is saying that he's going to send a messenger, a a prophet, who will prepare the way for God's own coming into human history. And then in Malachi chapter 4 and verses 5 and 6, these are the very last verses in our Old Testament, God says, see, I will send you the prophet Elijah before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. So what God is saying is that this messenger, this prophet who would come and and announce and prepare the way of God's own arrival into human history is going to be like the prophet Elijah. It's going to be, have an Elijah-like ministry. And he's going to change people's hearts. He's going to prepare people's hearts for God's coming. You see, there was a, a spiritual barrenness in the land. People had turned their hearts away from God and they were looking after themselves, living for themselves in a selfish way. And, and as a result, there was this spiritual dryness. There was no fruitfulness. There was a spiritual barrenness, like a a mother without any children. And a further consequence was that they were being... Foreign nations and empires were ruling over them. And so they were waiting and longing for God to come and intervene and put things right. They were longing and waiting for this Elijah-like prophet to come and announce God's own arrival into human history. And for 400 years they waited and waited and waited. But there was nothing but silence. Then finally, when Herod the Great... That, that imposter and self-proclaimed king of the Jews was ruling over Israel as a puppet king for the Romans, finally the silence was broken. And this is where we pick up our reading in Luke chapter 1 and, and verses 5 to 25. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all of the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless, because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty, and he was serving as a priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time came for the burning of the incense, 
all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of the incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to you to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was complete, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant, and for five months she remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Well, that was definitely the weirdest and most wacky experience I've ever had at the temple. It was about five months ago that I went to Jerusalem, the holy city, to serve at the temple because I'm a priest. It's not as great as it sounds. I'm not one of the high priests or one of those priests that permanently reside in Jerusalem in the temple accommodation. Although, that is my ambition. And one day, I hope to be there. I just need my lucky break, a chance to show the high priest what I'm really made of. And of course, I thought this would be the opportunity, for my division was on duty once again. There are 24 different divisions of priests, and I'm in the division of Abijah, and um, there are about 750 of us, and we live all over the countryside in Judea, doing our normal day jobs, except for one week, two times a year, we get to go to Jerusalem, to the holy city, to serve in the temple. And so I thought this was my opportunity to show the high priest what I was made of. Now the big moment when you're serving at the temple is to be chosen to go inside the inner sanctuary to burn the incense. You see, during the daily sacrifices, which happen first thing in the morning and again in the evening, one priest gets to go into the inner sanctuary and and to burn the incense as a symbol of our prayers rising up before God. This is the greatest honor a priest could ever have. And, And most priests don't even get to experience this honor. In fact, most priests will retire having never been chosen to go into the inner sanctuary. And if you are so lucky to be chosen, 
It's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. You will never get that honor a second time. And the way we choose who gets to go in is by casting lots. It's kind of like throwing dice. See, we believe that God will control the lot. So I was convinced I would be chosen. I mean, after all, I am the youngest and most up-and-coming priest in our division. And so there we were, all 750 of us waiting to find out who the lucky guy's going to be. You'll never guess who got chosen. Some old-timer. I was like, who is that old guy? Josiah was next to me, nudged me and said, oh, that's old Zach. You know, he's married to that barren woman. What's her name? Elizabeth. I couldn't believe he got chosen. He's just an old has-been. In fact, he's not even a has-been because he's never done anything before. He's just a nobody. He's a failure. His whole life is a failure. Okay, sure, sure enough. He is known, he's got a reputation, has been a really good guy, and he's very faithful to God and all. And sure enough, yeah, sure, he is married to Elizabeth, who is a descendant of Aaron, the, the first great high priest, so that's good pedigree. So his future was looking bright, but she's barren. Hello, failure. I mean, being barren is a big deal in any culture. But in my culture, it's a huge thing. If you don't have children, you don't have anyone to look after you when you're old. You will be destitute. And if you don't have a son, you don't have someone to carry on your good name and your good work. What a shame. What a disgrace. What a failure. Clearly, God did not look favorably upon them. What old Zach should have done, what I would have done, was to divorce the old bag and go and marry a younger, more fruitful wife. That's how you succeed in life. That's how you advance your career. And that's why our law actually allows you to divorce a wife if she's barren. In fact, you're encouraged to do so. What does old Zach do? He sticks with her, for better or worse. I mean, what an imbecile. Now both of them are too old to have any children. What a failure. Clearly God is not looking favorably upon them. So you can imagine how shocked I was when he got picked. I mean, nobody picks old Zach. Even in primary school, no one picked him to be on his team. But God chose him. I was so bleak. Well, actually, in some ways, I was kind of glad for him. I mean, if I'm not going to be chosen, I'm kind of glad old Zach was chosen. I mean, there's no way he's going to upstage me, for one thing. There's no way he's going to become a high priest. But, but actually, he, he looked so happy when he got chosen. This was like the first time anything good had ever happened in his life. This was the crowning moment of his life and his career. Anyway, so there we were. We were all standing uh, in the temple courts at the entrance of the, the inner sanctuary praying. And as we were praying, old Zach was going in to burn the incense. And as, as he was going in, I kept thinking, you lucky bastard. And, and then I tried to refocus on God and carry on praying. 
And we were praying, and we were praying, and we were praying, and then, and then I started looking at my watch. I know you're not meant to look at your watch when you're praying, but he was taking some liberties in that. I mean, how long does it take? All you're meant to do is go in, burn some incense, say a quick prayer, and then come out and pronounce a blessing on all the gathered worshippers. I mean, how long does that take? I mean, okay, I understand he's old, but even for an old guy. Well, eventually... He emerges from out the temple, and it looks like he's seen a ghost. He, he's startled, and he, and, and he can't even speak. He's doing this like sign thing. I mean, he's meant to be pronouncing a blessing, but instead he's doing this weird mind thing. Uh, I, I don't know. I couldn't get it. It was like a vision of a bird with a baby. I don't know. It was some weird thing. Well, clearly he wasn't going to be able to pronounce the blessing. Someone needed to pronounce the blessing, so naturally. I stepped forward, and I pronounced the blessing. Good opportunity to show the high priest what I'm made of. But no one was paying me any attention. They were all busy gathering around old Zach, trying to find out what happened. Well, after a lot of signing and writing on clay tablets, well, apparently what transpired was old Zach saw a vision of a messenger of God in the temple. And not, not just any old messenger, Gabriel himself, the, the, the great messenger of God who, who ministers before the very presence of God. Well, that's if you can believe him. Senile. Um, and, and, and that's not all. Apparently, he almost died of a heart attack when he saw the messenger of God. He, it almost finished him off there and then. But the, the messenger of God said, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. And you are to call him John. Wow, could, I mean, I mean, could this be true? Zechariah has been praying his whole life for a baby. I mean, I would have given up a long time ago and got myself a new wife. But he just kept on praying he kept on being faithful to God. He, he kept on loving his wife. He, he kept on believing against all the odds. I mean, could this be true? Could God have heard his prayer? Well, if it is, then John is a very fitting name because John means God is gracious. And that would be a lot of grace for old Zach, a whole life of failure up until then. And that's not all. Old Zach said that his son would be great in the sight of the Lord and he would be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he was born. And that he would go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah, turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous and make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Okay, now I know he has gone senile. I mean, it... it does he really expect us to believe that his son is going to be the Elijah-like prophet that Malachi spoke about, who would prepare the way for God coming into human history? Now, don't, don't get me wrong. Look, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that the prophet Elijah would come soon because this land is, is as spiritually barren as Elizabeth is physically barren. But there's, there's absolutely no way that the Elijah-like prophet is going to come from a couple of nobodies, like old Zach and Elizabeth. Not in a million years. Well, 
Everyone else who was around there was like, oh, wow, this is so great. Oh, wow, this is so marvelous. So I said to old Zach, well, if this is true, and all these wonderful things are going to happen, how come you can't speak? Poor old Zach turned bright red. But more signing, some more writing on a clay tablet. What transpired was, old Zach replied to the angel by saying, how can I be sure of this? What? Hello? You know, you've been praying for this your whole life. You now get the the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to go into the inner sanctuary. And why are you there? Right by the very presence of God, right by the Holy of Holies, a messenger of God appears to you right in front of you, and he says to you, this is going to happen. I mean, what more do you want? And old Zach says, I'm an old man and my wife is well, well along in years. What does he expect? The angel to be like, wow, I, you, you're old? Really? I had no idea. Why didn't someone tell me? As messengers of God, we're not very good at the age thing. I mean, he's just hit the jackpot. He's just had you know, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to go into the inner sanctuary. He's just seen a messenger of God right in front of him. He's just had his biggest prayer request answered. And, oh, as a bonus, your son's going to be the Elijah-like prophet. And you reply, how can I be sure of this? Well, apparently, the, the messenger of God gave um, old Zach a real right telling off. He said, I am Gabriel, I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Okay, well, this explains why old Zach can't speak, but I'm still not buying it. I mean, I will only believe this story if Elizabeth does get pregnant and give birth to a son. And that's not going to happen. She's simply too old. However, it would be, be kind of cool if it did happen. I mean, just imagine if, if, if it was true. That, I mean, that would be an extraordinary... I mean, that would be a miraculous birth. That would be as extraordinary as, as the time when Abraham and Sarah gave birth to Isaac. Remember, they too were very old, way too old to have children. And, and Sarah was also barren, and then a, a messenger of God came and said that they would have a son, and they too didn't believe, they doubted. Yet they had a child, they had a son. And it was through that child that the nation of Israel was birth. And it'll be like, remember the time when Hannah was barren and she went into the temple and she prayed and she asked for a child and God gave her a son, Samuel, and he became that great prophet who, who prepared the way for and actually anointed the greatest king of Israel, David. Wow. If this was true, can you imagine that? Old Zach's son would be one extraordinary prophet who would be preparing the way for a whole new dawn, preparing the, the way for the true king, God himself, coming.
coming into human history. Wow. Imagine that. But of course, there's absolutely no way this is going to happen because the Elijah-like prophet will never come through a couple of nobodies like old Zach and Elizabeth. I mean, if, if, if they did, that, that would mean that God would work his purposes out, not just through ordinary people, but even through nobodies. I mean, let's say, if God all of a sudden did show his favor upon them, it would be to, a, to failures. Everyone knows they're a failure. They, they've been a failure their whole life. Everything they do goes wrong. Nothing goes right. Everything goes wrong. They, they're just full of shame and disgrace. No one looks favorably upon them. And if no one looks favorably upon them, then surely God would not look favorably upon them. God would not use people the world has written off. And if God did, I mean, just imagine that for a moment. Imagine if God all of a sudden did remember their prayer and showed his favor to them and, and took away their barrenness and gave them a child and took away all their shame and their disgrace, even though they did nothing to deserve it. What does that mean for everyone else? That would mean that even if your whole life you had just had one failure after another failure full of disgrace and shame, that one day if you just remain faithful to God, if you just keep praying, then one day in the future, against all odds, God will remember your prayer, look favorably upon you, remove your barrenness, remove your shame and your guilt, even though you've done nothing to deserve. God wouldn't do that, would he? Although if he did, it would be kind of cool, wouldn't it? And now that I think about it, Zechariah's name actually means God remembers. How cool is that? But like I said, I mean, it would never happen. It's never, sorry, sorry. Mobile phone. Just can't get away from modern technology. Uh, it's a message from old Zach. Hopefully it's not another selfie of him inside the temple burning incense. Oh no, what does he say? Just to let you know, Elizabeth is five months pregnant. Okay, so Elizabeth... What? She's pregnant? Luke chapter 1 and verse 24 to 25. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are a God of surprises and a God of mysteries. And you don't always choose the people we would choose. And you don't look upon success in the way the world looks upon success. And so, Father, we hope and we pray that we would always remain faithful, just like old Zach and Elizabeth. And, Father, we thank you that you are a God who remembers. You are a God who is gracious. You look favorably upon us, even if the world doesn't look favorably upon us. And Father, we thank you that we have a hope because 
Because John the Baptist many years ago prepared the way for you to come in flesh, in Jesus, and to deal with all our shame and all our guilt, that we have a hope that you will remove our barrenness, you will remove our shame and our disgrace, and you will look favorably upon us, and you will bless us and love us and restore us and renew us. And so, Father, this Advent, we want to remember that. And we want to invite you to come into our life afresh by your Holy Spirit. And if we're struggling, if you're struggling at the moment, you just feel, well, life is just throwing one failure after another, one hardship after another, then be encouraged by these words that God will remember. God hears your prayer and God will look favorably upon you. And we thank you for this, Father. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.